Hi, you're listening to Spotlight Aisha, a podcast that shines a light on ideas that matter. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Spotlight Aisha Season 2. I'm your host, Dino Serafini, Aisha's Sustainability Officer, and together with Anna Vizikowska, Aisha's President, today we'll be guiding you through the features of a sustainable legal practice. But before we commence our podcast, I would like to give the floor to Anna to unveil the topic for today. Thank you very much, Dino. I'm delighted to kick off our second session of Spotlight Aisha with an incredibly relevant and critical topic. With constant change around the world, new practices and trends have been emerging. For Aisha, this is an opportunity to discuss how sustainability and ESG impact our legal practice and the future of the legal profession. We have some brilliant speakers joining us today. Would you like to introduce them, Hannah? Yes, Dino. It is my pleasure to have four dynamic speakers joining us to commence this session. Oliver Hunt, a senior associate and member of the Impact Economy Group at UK firm Bates Wells, a B corporation. Roberto Randazzo, who besides being a successful legal impact lawyer, is adjunct professor at Tiresia Research Center, Polytechnic University of Milan, and chairs ESELA, the Legal Network for Social Impact. Roberto is also officer of the Business Human Rights Committee of the International Bar Association and advisor of the OECD. Emiliano Giovine, who is a senior associate at RP Legal and Tax, member of the Impact Economy, International Cooperation, Sustainability and Human Rights Practices at his firm, and Hugo Teixeira, who is a vice president of M&A Commission in AIJA, professional partner at Abru Avocados, focused on mergers and acquisitions, corporate law and commercial contracts, but he has been working for years on sustainability projects and trainings within and for his firm. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Anna. And thank you, Oliver, Roberto, Emiliano and Hugo for being with us today. Let's kick off with our season two AIJA Spotlight. Sustainability has been a huge trending topic for years, and its momentum seems to be never stopping. Nonetheless, the frequently asked question around sustainability and the legal practice remains, yes, good, but what is there for me as a lawyer in all that? Well, our guest may shed some light on this very point. Oliver, can you tell us what are the ESG-oriented services that you are currently offering to your clients? Hello, everyone, and uh, thank you so much for inviting me to contribute to this podcast. It's really great to be here. Uh, so since founding in the 1970s, my firm, Bates Wells, has been motivated by public benefit issues. We have an unusual client base in that our core clients have always been charities, social enterprises, public sector bodies. And over the years, we've been involved in sustainability issues in many different ways. So getting the pursuit of sustainable development recognized as a legal charitable purpose in the 1990s, creating the community interest company in the early 2000s, and creating the B Corp legal test for the UK in the 2010s. And the nature of our clients means that our day-to-day -day work is always focused on public benefit or profit with purpose issues. And over the past five to 10 years, increasingly we're seeing traditionally commercial operations ask for our help to reflect their ESG or sustainability goals into their legal relationships. And I suppose today you could summarize our 
ESG-oriented services as uh, a number of different things in different categories. Uh, starting off with uh, corporate or structuring advice, leading on to constitutional governance work. So, for example, we might advise a large corporation on what it really means to become a B corporation in the UK. What will that mean for its practices? What will that mean for its governance, its relationship with its shareholders? And in each case, trying to answer the question, how best to lock in sustainability and public benefit into your organisation while still having the flexibility to operate in your commercial market. Our commercial contracts team is always working to develop standard contractual clauses to embed responsible practices regarding sustainability, human rights, supply chain issues into standard documents. So, for example, we've been working on standard contractual wording for the Chancery Lane project in the UK, which is aiming to develop net zero language across all legal documentation. In the world of investment, we're particularly focused on advising investors on how to adapt their commercial terms to recognise or incentivize social outcomes, whether those investors are private equity firms, charities, or other forms of uh, public uh, benefit-focused entities. In our real estate practice, we've been helping landlords and tenants incentivize environmentally responsible practices in their lease agreements, and to think about how the space that they operate in as a business impacts on society and on their staff and the environment. And in our employment practice, we've been developing employment contract standard wording, which tries to protect employees at all levels, encourages shared ownership and profit participation across all levels of staffing. And of course, finally, we are a B Corporation ourselves since 2015. Uh, we were the first law firm in the UK to register as a B Corporation. And that's really shaped our thinking um, in regards to our clients, our staff and the impact that we have as a firm on society and the environment. Thank you, Oliver. That's really a wide spectrum of services ranging through ESG to legal impact. Uh, Emiliano, what can you tell us about your firm? Thank you, Dino, and all for this great opportunity. Our firm uh, adopts a very cross-cutting approach regard to sustainability, uh, which goes from the most traditional ESG compliance to a more strategic set of services, working both on strengthening companies' commitment on ESG factors uh, and on managing ESG-related risks in a safe manner. We're offering a legal sustainability plan to enforce companies' commitment formally establishing their values and goals on ESG issues by working on their code of conduct and ESG policies. Uh, but we also work on identification and remediation of ESG-related risks and negative outcomes generated by companies' business activities and their supply chain. We do that through uh, an in-depth ESG due diligence and the implementation of specific legal tools to prevent or limit such risk. Finally, we're working on embedding ESG themes within corporate mission and governance through the acquisition of the legal status of benefit corporation, allowing companies to pursue common benefit goals along with the shareholders' interest. Thank you very much, Emiliano. Hugo, will you bring us to Portugal, please? 
Hello, Dino. Many thanks, everyone, for this excellent opportunity. And yes, of course, I will bring you to Portugal. In our case, uh, our ESG-related services can be divided into three different main pillars. One is strategy and risk management. The second is reporting. And the third one is sustainable finance. Regarding uh, strategy and risk management, management, we provide advice to businesses to plan their social purposes and their long-term ESG objectives. We also assist in the implementation of compliance systems with ESG standards, minimizing underlying risks when taking strategic decisions and we also define management plans and codes of conduct. We represent clients before courts in legal action involving alleged violations in ESG matters and we analyze transactions in order to identify possible negative impacts at an ESG level including analysis of the supply chain. In terms of reporting, we provide advice in the drafting of strategic reports, reports on sustainability and protection of human rights and community interests. We also create statutory mechanisms that ensure an adequate and rigorous publication of information to partners and other stakeholders. Finally, in terms of sustainable finance, we provide services on the integration of ESG risk in the system of governance and internal control of banks, investment businesses, and issues of securities. We also make counterparty due diligence and ESG ratings. Um, we prepare of non-financial information for banks, investment companies, and issuers of securities and other public interest entities. And we prepare pre-contractual information relative to ESG criteria in investment products. We have um, a strong work in fintech and DeFi investments for ESG activities. And we have a set of art voluntary offsets that ensure transparency and consumer confidence. Finally, sustainable financial, we advise on sustainable finance products such as green bonds and ESG-linked loans. Thank you, Hugo. Thank you all. So it is quite clear that there's already a lot to do in this field beyond the traditional compliance and regulatory scope of action. Roberto, looking ahead and considering the increased awareness of regulators and undertakings about the necessity of a transition to sustainability, what transformations do you expect to see in the legal practice as we traditionally know it? And what is the time frame for such transformation? Thank you, Dino. Uh, this transition is certainly leading to new legal services meant to be ESG and sustainability oriented. To give just as an example, we increasingly often see M&A operations with uh, ESG and business human rights due diligence uh, requests by clients for adoption of corporate models and certifications such as the Benefit Corporation or B Corps to integrate sustainability at the core of the business, as well as litigation, arbitration and remedies increasingly dealing with ESG aspects. The time frame is set by the European Regulatory Agenda. Uh, and the market, obviously, uh, which have accelerated tremendously towards the transition, imposing the same speed on law firms. Thank you, Roberto. Do you think the legal profession as a whole is already fully equipped to provide such services and endure such changes? And what is changing in the training and education of lawyers? Uh, my experience uh, as a lecturer at uh, Polytechnico Milan and the Polytechnico uh, Business School is deeply oriented to this hybrid approach. I'm sure that uh, a cross-cutting knowledge perfectly represents the innovative needs coming from the market. Clients operating in this field are looking for new experts able to deal with impact measurement, ESG metrics, risk assessment, and obviously with the law. Emiliano, Oliver, Hugo, uh, turning at you, considering the service you are offering and the new skill Roberto was talking about is that are required to provide such services, has something changed in your recruitment and lateral art policies and how this has changed? 
how do you secure the skills that are necessary to provide these services? Well, Dino, I would say that this is still an open question, since both the ESG-oriented market and specialized legal practices are still evolving together with the legal framework, as Roberto was mentioning. Our idea is to have a strong team of legal experts with multidisciplinary background and experiences capable of disseminating impact and sustainability concepts and criteria into other practices and services of the firm in order to create and offer a real ESG industry covering most of our firm sectors from corporate M&A, banking and finance to litigation, IP and labor law. To consolidate the growth of our internal team, we consider external collaborations with academia, research institutions and complementary consultants as real assets to invest on. I think that to make legal impact a real game changer, legal expertise must constantly be bound and linked to sustainability strategy, risk management and impact, me impact measurement criteria. Uh, in a global context where sustainability is becoming uh, an abused and often empty concept, uh, I think that rigorous approach, customized services and cross-cutting competencies are key elements to facilitate companies generating measurable positive impact and not just marketing. Thank you, Emiliano. I couldn't agree more. Oliver, what is your approach here? So our approach to recruitment has, has been organic, mostly, uh, given our history of working for the clients that we have done. We've already built up the expertise um, and the, the working practices to think about these, these issues um, based on our public benefit work um, since foundation. And when we come to recruit new lawyers, it tends to be those who either directly come from law school or those who've started at the largest commercial firms and decided they want a different focus to their professional life. We've made some specific hires to particular positions, but naturally uh, people tend to find us through our networks or, or by word of mouth. And a byproduct of the few lateral hires that we've made is sharing specific skills from commercial practices, which we can then apply with an impact focus, whether that might be in, say, uh, capital markets, banking, venture capital. As all the speakers have said, this is such a fast-moving field. What's really needed is, is the motivation and the open mind to be innovative, to move beyond what you may have learnt at the very beginning of your career to apply it in different contexts and to think about how it can be applied differently and even in some cases to change the law, to allow the law to catch up with what society is clearly asking for. So innovation, training, flexibility and creativity. Hugo, before we started, you mentioned something called the Sustainability School. Sounds cool. Can you explain what that is and more in general, how do you recruit and grow your, the right resources? Well, besides uh, the development of our organic uh, knowledge about these matters, uh, as uh, all the, the big law firms, we need and seek the best lawyers for all the different legal matters, and ESG matters are not different. Uh, in this case, we have different approaches in case of uh, recruiting trainees and young lawyers or in terms of lateral hires. As per the trainees and young lawyers, we implemented as part of the selection procedure the Sustainability School, pursuant to which all wannabe Abreu lawyers are invited to know, after hearing and seeing several presentations, what we do as ESG and our sustainability practices and also the ESG services we provide. After that, they are divided in groups so that they prepare ESG projects for the law firm. The best two projects will be adopted by Abreu Advogados in the following year. 
We, dis we look for future lawyers with a pure ESG and DNA, ensuring the future of our ESG practices. And this is quite helpful because we have been implementing a lot of these projects uh, all over the years. As for the lateral hiring, we have two approaches. We look for the human ESG side of respective lawyers and their practices. And of course, we try to complement the, the services where we lack some skills or where we see the opportunity to grow with lawyers that will bring value added. Thank you, Hugo. Thanks, everyone. So it is clear that your firms have developed very peculiar features in terms of service offering and corporate identity. How are you marketing your services? And is there something materially different at the level of business development when it comes to legal impact and to sustainability-related services? Well, I think it is essential to set up legal services cross-cutting all the main industries and traditional legal practices from corporate and M&A to banking and finance to litigation and arbitration, as well as tax. Regarding business development, it is essential to take into account the hybridization of legal forms and business models, showing how each in a different way and according to their own rules, they balance profit with the generation and pursuit of social and environmental impact. My personal view is that ESG and impact more than a practice is to be considered as an industry. Till yesterday, this approach was representing a niche of the market. Today is the most innovative approach to the business. The next step will be go for a mainstream approach. What do you think about it, Hugo? Well, um, many thanks, Roberto. In our case, ESG matters and sustainability are part of our DNA since our firm's foundation. And we have a strong business development and communication plan, which means brand development and brand placement. Sustainability, as I said, is part of our DNA and our brand and marketing initiatives mirrors our values. Our internal communications with internal podcasts and events presents the best practices and promotes awareness around issues from the climate change to the mental wellness. The mental health, by the way, is our 2021 yearly topic. Externally, we have several proactive initiatives, such as a dedicated page on our website with updated information, a weekly post on our social media channels highlighting issues as ESG criteria, or even being partners and founding members of Capital Verde, Green Capital, a news platform managed by one of the main Portuguese economy press group, totally dedicated to promote sustainability. What do you think about that, Emiliano? Uh, thank you, Hugo. Uh, well, I think marketing for ESG-oriented uh, legal services uh, can be a slippery playground. Uh, most of the products now on the market are promoted with a sustainable flavor, and the legal sector is starting to, to follow uh, this trend. Uh, our firm has been consolidating its competencies on impact and sustainability through a long-lasting collaboration with universities and international institutions, and through the participation to important consultations and researches launched by UN bodies and EU institutions. Uh, we work then on a gradual marketing strategy moving from the consolidation and recognition of our competencies at an institutional level. Now that most of our legal competitors are showing their sustainable soul, uh, we are trying to promote and sell our tradition and our significant track record on these topics. Uh, I don't know if Anna is on the same page and, and her firm uh, has agree with me. Thank you, Emiliano. You know, it seems very sophisticated what you have just described, um, all of you. 
Um, my firm uh, was the first law firm in Poland to create ESG practice and actually we are still at the very early stage of populating the message about it and campaigning. However, from the marketing point of view, my observation is that sometimes simple discussion with any of our existing clients while performing any other services reveals the need also for ESG-related services and in this regard, ESG really sells itself. I guess it is important to share with the clients and the audience in when any way possible that ESG actually is to bring economical effect to the different businesses that we provide legal services to. Not only we are helping at reaching uh, United Nations goals and reducing carbon emissions, but also helping clients to save money, engage younger generations in supporting their business, which is, on the other hand, crucial for supply of the workforce in those businesses. Finally, we should market ESG not just as any other area of legal assistance. I think the important factor of marketing ESG is to make clients aware that we are going uh, and we are working along them in this transformation, which is to help our joint future and the future uh, of our kids. You know, uh, I was thrilled to hear recently that one of the real estate clients asked us to prepare not only the code of conduct for suppliers, but also diversity policy, uh, among others. You have no idea how happy this made me that this is a clear sign how the real estate industry wants to change in this respect. This example shows that the change of mindset is already there. We just need to make clients aware of all the benefits they may achieve with ESG services. I don't know, Oliver, would you have something to add to the discussion? Thanks, Anna. That was really interesting to hear. Um, I guess from our side at Bates Wells, um, we try to produce newsletters, briefings, other content that's going to help our our clients understand what's going on uh, in, in the legal world. We're trying to deepen our partnerships with organizations like B-Lab, um, working internationally, or a seller, um, as, as Roberto has already mentioned. I think the, the thing that is the most exciting way to promote our business is where we're trying to proactively change the law, where we see it causing a problem, um, causing a problem or a barrier to develop responsible ESG uh, or st sustainability approaches. The key one for me at the moment is our work trying to change the Companies Act in the UK to move away from shareholder primacy to allow company boards the space to consider more factors rather than just maximizing shareholder return. And engaging with changing the law and engaging with the industry bodies, with the politicians needed for that, that you know really gets you out of bed in the morning. And of course, you're trying to make the world a better place. Thank you, Oliver. Emiliano compared marketing for ESG-oriented legal services to a slippery playground. The risk of greenwashing is indeed around the corner. And it is true that when you are building your professional persona around sustainability, ESG, and positive impact, you must be coherent and credible yourself. I'm curious to hear from our expert what reorganizational challenges they had to face to be sustainable. Hugo, can you tell us what is a B Corp law firm and why did you get certified? Thank you, Dino. As I have mentioned earlier, we have the sustainability mindset as part of our activity since the firm's foundation. We are aware of the challenges facing all economic sectors and our legal activity is not an exception. In fact, sustainability is a commitment that forms part of our identity that we express with pride 
in our code of conduct and professional ethics and that has led us to assume an active role building something more than just a law firm over the course of our history. By the way, our code of conduct was prepared when the company was founded more than 25 years ago. In my eyes, this is very impressive. Anyway, about the B Corp certification, I can tell you the following. Since 2015, Abreu Advogado remains the only law firm in Portugal certified as a B Corp. And as such, we are committed to use our practice as a force for good. As a B Corp firm, we are engaged in this movement to help redefine business success based on sustainable ideas. With the B Corp certification, certified organizations meet demanding performance standards, both social and environmental, and values of transparency and accountability. The performance standards are rigorous, detailed and transparent, assessing the organization's impact on all its stakeholders. The certification process goes through an assessment of more than 40 items with around 256 questions. Quite demanding, right? I can give you some examples of the criteria that highlights some of our initiatives. Regarding employees, we have developed some internal programs for the improvement of our lawyers, lawyers and management team's well-being, namely in areas as paternity leave, extended maternity leave, health insurance, weekly free medical assistance, free weekly COVID-19 testing, and others. For the community, and alongside some actions related to gender equality, we have been proactively working in promoting information in areas such as dyslexia, which we make in partnership with the blog Dyslexia Day by Day. In this case, we have contributed to inclusive education, clarifying the main legal doubts that parents have when supporting dyslexic children in school. This project was in fact one of the finalists in the Financial Times European Legal Innovation Award. Regarding the environment, we have been for ages promoting a paperless office and we have been focused on three R's. Reduce, reuse and recycle. This has a tremendous impact on the reduction of water, paper, electricity, plastic, other consumables, etc. Lastly, I think it is worth to mention that we measure and disclose all these results in our biannual sustainability report. And such disclosure is also highly valued within the B Corp standards. Thank you, Hugo. Oliver, what about your firm? Um, so very much like like Hugo, since since the foundation of our firm, we've already we've always had an ethos that was linked to sustainability and ESG, and we wanted to capture that ethos internally and externally in a way that gives formal legal status to what we're doing. Uh, and that requires continual improvement and external validation of that improvement. So when the B Corp certification opportunity came along, it was the perfect way to do that. What we've tried to also do is move beyond what's formally required by B Corp uh, certification and do more than, than what, what we need to do. For example, we formally acknowledged the climate emergency in 2019, promoted that, published it, and wanted others to hold us accountable for that statement. And that's required us to reassess our clients, and it's required us to reassess holistically how we operate as a firm. Uh, and we will be saying more on that um, publicly in the next few months. Around diversity and inclusion, um, we've hugely increased our efforts in this area over the past two to three years in particular in our public reporting. Um, and reporting has not always been a comfortable exercise because traditionally law firms have been very white, very male and not inclusive enough. 
And we've really tried to push ourselves um, on that, both as part of B Corp certification and through internal initiatives, the, the wishes of our staff and the wishes of our clients. Thank you, Oliver. Roberto, what is your take on this? Reorganizational challenges certainly involve providing numerical and documentary evidence of the firm's sustainability activities and policies. Uh, in this sense, uh, the B Corp acquisition process uh, leads the firm to undertake a process for formalizing its sustainability commitments and objectives. I think B Corp certification could represent a great challenge for law firm in order to assume a leadership role on the way to innovate the market, working together with clients to develop ESG and impact approach to the business. But at the same time, uh, is a tool to, to reorganize our structures in order to be more reactive to the renewed needs of the market. In conclusion, the B Corp law firm represents an innovative and responsible tool for providing legal services in a market, in a market increasingly concerned with the sustainability of its supplier. Thank you, Roberto. Anna, what's your view? Thank you, Dina. Actually, you know, I think uh, the things we are discussing now are very, very important because if we really want to change something uh, for the future, we should also change ourselves. So this discussion is very relevant. Uh, you know, in Poland, we do not have any certification yet. And as said earlier, we are the first law firm actually to establish the ESG practice. However, we already had an idea in our mind to start the certification, sort of certification process, and establish uh, an association of law firms supporting clients in ESG-related matters, which would create standards for law firms too. This would uh, for sure be a platform setting goals also for the legal industry. You know, perhaps we could also think of establishing an international association of such firms. So thank you, Anna, and thanks everyone for your great contribution to today's discussion. If we may find three takeaways to summarize the conversation we had today, the first one would be in order to develop the multidisciplinary skills and the strong collaboration tools needed to provide ESG-related services, lawyers need to embrace innovation and creativity. The second one, not be afraid and accept the challenge of leading by example. And the third is that the transition to sustainability creates incredible business opportunities, not only to sell additional services, but also to establish deeper trust relationship with your clients and your teams, getting everyone out of bed in the morning, motivated to contribute to making the positive change. Oliver, while discussing, you were mentioning some good tools uh, that will help our audience stay up to date. Would you mind reminding us of those tools? Thanks, Dino. So firstly, uh, a shameless plug for content that my firm produces. Every month we produce what we call the Impact Economy Briefing, um, which is mainly focused on the UK, but also covers international issues. And you can sign up for that uh, at our website, bateswells.co.uk. And then more internationally, I have to uh, commend the work of SLA, the, the Law Association for Social Impact, which puts on fantastic conferences and produces lots of, of content. And then I think more widely in the sustainability sphere, um, the Moral Money newsletter that's produced by the Financial Times um, in London and New York uh, is a really great roundup of all things ESG going on. Uh, both in the legal world, the financial world, and, and elsewhere. 
thank you, Oliver. And thanks again to Roberto, Emiliano and Hugo, and of course, Anna for being with us today. I invite you all, our audience, to listen to the Aisha Spotlight podcast, that is a bi-weekly podcast. And Anna, what's next stop of our train? Yes, our next episode will be hosted by Paola Fudakowska, former Aisha president and one of the founders of Aisha Women Network, and will focus on the business side of diversity. All episodes will be available on various podcast streaming platforms and on the Aisha website. Interviews with experts on innovation, legal tech, business, creativity, and other important topics for the legal profession, but also highlights from AISHA events. So tune in every month for something new. You have listened to Spotlight AISHA, a podcast produced by AISHA for young lawyers across the globe. Don't miss the next episode.